Mark for coming on. We just had you on a week or two ago. Yeah, you are to do our preview of Zack Snyder's Justice League. But now we have we've seen Zack Snyder's Justice League, so so we definitely have a lot to talk about in regards to that film and how excellent that film is. However, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss that article that came out directly Monday. Today's Wednesday, Monday from. Uh, and Sarnoff, who is in charge of a division at Warner Brothers, um, where she she said a few things, uh, how she was thankful for Zack Snyder, but that had closed the trilogy on Zack Snyder's films. And she definitively said there's going to be no air cut, which to me seems a pretty bizarre because it doesn't seem like that film would be an ineffective or, uh, or a costly – item to the bottom line of Warner Brothers. It's already done. You'd have just have to bring in David Ayer and another editor to come back in, you know, and reassemble what he wanted his original cut to be. I'll say this before Mark and Kyle kind of chime in. I think that that article was important, but it was ill-timed. I think that that she should have come out and been a little bit more political in what she had to say, especially if it was coming off that Monday, coming on that Monday where she where that article dropped. I'm not defending it because I know that if I do defend it, I'll have, you know, the wrath of fandom come down on me. Like I'm not defending it, but I'm not supporting it either. Um, I'm just saying that to me, it seemed ill time. She should have been more political. What she should have said is we're very thankful for Zach finishing you know finishing his trilogy currently we're in the process of other films in the pipeline and the door isn't closed but we are focused in on these other projects and if the if the time works right for the both of us because zach's busy right like zach has zach has a deal with netflix so Mm -hmm. you know he has those you know he has to you know figure out what that's going to look like for him so i just think that she should have been a little bit more political and saying you know if the if the project is right for both parties we would definitely we would definitely entertain a pitch from him or something i that's just my opinion of it i don't know what y'all think i just think that I, i we saw you know the bad part of fandom on monday i feel like people have legitimate gripes because it just seemed ill timed but I feel like when when we have fandom specifically, you know, say, hey, fire this person, fire that person, or, you know, there's a lot in that article. There's a lot to, you know, dissect, but those two things to me are the important, and I don't know what y'all think. I'll have Kyle or Mark chime in, whoever wants to go first, so. Yeah, so (laughs) I I do not come to be an expert or anything, but just looking at everything purely from a business perspective, like everything is still so fresh, so new. There are so many possibilities of where things could end up. 
that I, I I do feel like it's not necessarily in their best intention to just put a hard like this is the way it's going to be. I think they should always have the doors open for anything to happen. And I mean, they obviously know the numbers of things better than most of us to know the numbers of what they're doing. But I'm sure I'm sure things will work out in the end. I think that I mean I, we've we've talked. Uh, it, directly privately before about my my thoughts on it and i think the big sticking point here is restore the snyderverse as a concept it's it's kind of fans aren't just saying we'd like a justice league sequel i think that warner brothers reactions would be very different if right now fans were saying we'd want give Zack Snyder a sequel on HBO Max. Let him make the sequel for HBO Max. Uh, because I think Warner Brothers is open to that, and I think that's specifically why she... When they asked her, are you going to do? Are you going to release the air cut? No. What about Justice League 2? Well, let's just take this side conversation. She talked around the direct question of, mm-hmm. are you going to make a sequel? Is there going to be more of Zack Snyder's Justice League? Are we going to see that nightmare future, any of that stuff? Uh, she she didn't say no. She said things that, and people keep saying, well, she made it clear they're doing other stuff. And it's like, if you ask somebody five, remember the Saturday Night Live skit about Abraham Lincoln? Like, is Abraham Lincoln, is it true that Abraham Lincoln is over 200 feet tall? That's ridiculous. That's irresponsible. And how could you even ask something that stupid? Someone said, is he over 100 feet tall? And they were like, no comment. Well, <laughs> Obviously, uh, <laughs> I think it, it, the point is that she's out right now promoting these projects they have in the pipeline and trying to get people on board with a very specific idea, which is they're they're committing to this idea of a multiverse. They're going to have projects that are doing – some projects are going to be set in the DCEU as it is right now that's ongoing with Wonder Woman and Aquaman and uh, Shazam and all of these movies that – Almost all of them, except The Joker, which of these movies besides The Joker is not directly coming out of the the original Snyderverse that he set up with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman? All of the films are essentially part of that still. Mm-hmm. So when people say restore the Snyderverse, I'm like, well, that's not the, – it is it is going on. What you – you know, it, what Snyder is not – part of anymore is or currently is the justice league sequels that he was going to make right uh and and that's really the key and i think if the fans focused on the idea that look you know y'all are going to make these other dc movies you want us to be happy about them we're happy to have dc content we watch the shows on cw we watch the you know, Titans and Doom Patrol and Swamp Thing and Stargirl. We watch these different shows on, you know, on the different platforms. We watch the movies. The Snyderverse just came out on HBO Max. Uh, they have put out, they've put out other projects and other things that, I mean, they've got, for example, the Tim Burton Batman movies. Um, on their streaming service and nobody is saying they can't you've got to get rid of all those old batman movies it's going to confuse everybody mm-hmm. and they won't know they'll be like wait how come jack nicholson's the joker if no because people aren't that stupid people understand that you can have different movies that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily tied 
So, yeah, make a Zack Snyder. If fans had done that, I think the reactions right now, I think there would be a much better relationship with Warner. But I believe that, unfortunately, I think it's become very combative and it's become very, it's become hostile mm-hmm. to the point where uh, after seeing Justice League, I believed a sequel was inevitable. When mm-hmm. I saw Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, I thought a sequel, there's no way. It's so good and the reaction is so positive, mm-hmm. they can't possibly... Not there's going to be too much pressure now. Mm-hmm. They have to do a sequel. They're going to have to offer him at least like, hey, here's eighty million or a hundred million. You're going to have to kind of do it on an HBO Max. It's not going to be a two hundred million budget huge thing, but we'll give you a, a budget bigger than what Marvel spends on their streaming shows and movie. That, you know the the Marvel ones like Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We'll give you that kind of a budget or bigger than that. And do it again like you did with, you know, chapters and then do it as a, a miniseries or whatever on and just show that, you know, that string of events that the two films he had originally planned. You can do that as a miniseries. Mm-hmm. You know, two three hour movies would be six hours. Do a six part at one hour each episode movie. Shoot it like or episodes uh, series. Shoot it like the way Justice League is a whole movie. You can watch it all the way, but it's broken up into chapters. Mm-hmm. They could do that. A hundred million, hundred twenty million. You'd get a hell of a great looking Justice League. Oh, for sure. On HBO Max, but you know what? We're we're not going to probably get that because fans have. It's become so hostile, and the uh, mm-hmm. the animosity and the negative. No, we demand that you put Zack Snyder back in charge of all the movies, fire all these executives, get rid of all these filmmakers, cancel these other projects, and only, which is crazy in a lot of ways because most of those fans aren't even necessarily fully aware of what exactly Zack Snyder himself even originally intended or would just intend. Five this films, point. right? It was just going to be five films, like, and they that was going to wrap up. I think that was his. Yeah, he yeah. was going. I think he had the five film arc, and it was there were going to be the three Justice League movies. Mm-hmm. But at this point, all the other stuff that's out there, it's like, man, we've got a billion dollar Aquaman franchise. We have a huge popular Wonder Woman franchise that, mm-hmm. it, you know, at the point they can release one of these movies in theaters without a global plague happening it'll wonder woman will be a billion dollar franchise as well we're gonna get black adam we're getting all these movies and i don't see how fans can look at all of these films which are and i we both we all know what this is right we know what it is we've talked about it we both discussed this it's that i it's the impression and the idea that people have in their heads they built it up so much and it's become such an important part of it. And now they've experienced this and they have that sense of empowerment that we moved a mountain that no one said could be moved. Mm -hmm. And that sense of that power is great, but it can also become a poison if people are chasing after it forever. And it causes you to increasingly have to become uncompromising and narrower in your vision and about what you want. At the point you say, we demand you fire all of your top executives. We demand you hire this person and put them in charge of everything. We demand that you cancel all these other movie projects and do something different instead. And we demand that everything be this way that we want it, even if that's not what Snyder himself would even want now, then no one's going to listen to you and you're not going to get, and you're not going to win that battle because that's not reasonable 
and you're putting a lot of and regardless of the animosity towards different executives, some of which is I get, and some of which I think is misplaced. Um, mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, that's not you know I don't want to I don't. I don't want to spend the rest right of my, I, I don't want to spend the rest of my life as a DC fan having the same damn argument mm-hmm. and perpetually being angry and having fandom perpetually at each other's throats because it's going to sink everything and no mm-hmm. one's going to and that's you know and maybe there are some people who have a burn it all down like if we can't have what we want then we'd rather destroy it all mm-hmm. but you know they're lucky that in the past people didn't have that attitude or that ability to try to do that kind of thing and screw up everything for them you Mm -hmm. know imagine if all the folks who didn't like snyder back in man of steel or when he did batman versus superman imagine if there had been some big campaign of fans demanding that Zack snyder get fired from justice league or something like that Mm -hmm. uh it would have been horrible you know Mm -hmm. So I just I, I don't see really a lot of point in that, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the article was a bad idea uh, in mm-hmm. terms of I think she should have when they said we release the air cut. Well, first of all, I don't understand why the hell they would. not The only reason not to really at this point is because they know if they give in again, they already see what happened. Zack Snyder's Justice League came out and there is a segment, not the whole movement. No. And, to note that not the whole movement, but a segment, a loud and much more aggressive and hostile segment of the fandom did honestly immediately jump out and say, we're going to cancel. We're going to stop watching these movies. We demand that you do this otherwise. And when that's the response, that's not people that you think we should just keep giving them what they, if you, the perception right or wrong is if you give them more, they're going to demand more. And eventually they'll come for all of you and want you all gone. Mm-hmm. That's what and they're going to do. She and even commented on the, whether it's on true the, or not. <laughs> commented on the fandom and about the toxicity of, um, but essentially you're saying with great power comes great responsibility, right? Uncle Ben. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think fandoms, I, I don't like, I think I, 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 that article are misplaced. They're going to, the air cut, of, it exists already. I mean, he filmed all that shit, and it's not like the Snyder cut. It would be simple to release it. It's also not like the Snyder cut in that fans being angry it won't be released are being a little sillier because what happened to Snyder when he made Justice League is not comparable to what happened and I, I mean, I respect David Ayer's movie, and I like, you know, uh, Suicide Squad and all. I'm just saying, he'll be the first to tell you, no, he didn't lose his child. Mm-hmm. His family was not going through a horrible tragedy. He didn't have a studio fire him, and then cover it up publicly. He mm-hmm. didn't have somebody come in and rain, bring holy terror onto the set, and just slash it. The conditions were very different. Wanting the air cut and not getting it is a disappointment, but it is not the same as the movement to restore the Snyder Cut, which was a a piece – this was a film that was created and then went through a horrible process that included – I mean there's there's racism accusations, sexism accusations. We know some of that stuff's true, whether evidence is ever shown or not. I can look on screen and see that some of those scenes reflect some of those things and some of those choices. I'm sorry. It's the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, so, I, I, but, I don't think it's comparable. I, I think I, it's, I, in a way, insulting to Zack Snyder to suggest that it's comparable and to react to the no air cut news the same way that you would to a Zach, no Zack Snyder cut news. It's not the same. You can still want it, but let's not blow that part out of proportion. And it's going to happen. They're not going to keep a free freaking movie that millions of people would tune in to watch sitting on a shelf. They'll eventually release that too, just yeah. like they, you know, and it won't it was, take, well, it's not going to take a bunch of pressure. They're going to do it for attention when they're not getting enough and they need more attention. That's mm-hmm. the truth. You won't even have to push very hard in a few years. It'll come out anyway. Right. And like it, it, it just it w- wouldn't make sense right now anyway. Like I said, I, you know, I was a little disappointed online that they weren't going to do it. But I think it's more like, hey, they have another movie called out coming out called The Suicide Squad. Yeah. Which yep. is supposed to be a sequel. It wouldn't make much <laughs> sense to, to to put that out or or to really I, – I just – like I said, like I just – You don't want to fan mind. those flames while you've got another movie coming out right. that's a diff, that's kind of – it's not a – it's kind of a doing – it's not a do-over exactly. It's a retooling. You know, it's, yeah, it's a retooling of, this, of the thing, yeah. So like I said, I just think – I just poor, poor time – poor timing. And yeah, a lot yeah. – I saw a lot of fans saying this – you know, this was, this came out on Monday. And I even said, it's like, I, I said, you know, online, I said, man, I just want to go a week without any, I just want to be able to enjoy, you know, this stuff for a week without any, you know, drama. Because it is, it's always drama with these. But other than that, like, um, let's talk about something that is great. Let's, let's, one more thing to say on that. She should have really dot this when they, as as soon as they said about this a sequel, she should have said it's only been a few days. You know, we're glad that he was able to. That was supposed to close his trilogy out. Zach's a great guy. He has this whole list of other movies that obviously we're still talking and everything. She could have easily said that. You know, well, I don't want to get into. Let's just. Uh, you know, if we obviously if. There would need to be conversations and other things. Let's not get ahead of ourselves for now. Let's enjoy that it's out. Let's talk about the things that are there because I don't want to start any rumor mongering either way. Right. She could have, could have chalked it up to that and said, I'm doing fans a favor. I'm not going to let anybody create rumors and counter rumors off of anything I say about that. It's way too soon to even have that discussion. Let's mm-hmm. wait until we and Zack Snyder are ready Warner and Zack Snyder, when we're ready, we're going to be talking in the future. We'll see what happens. She could have done that, and it would have worked perfect. Yes. There's no reason to make a decision, although they obviously should make a freaking sequel because it's crazy if they don't. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, let's talk about Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen it four times already. Someone's like, you've seen it four times? When, When did you have time? I said... Oh, I made time for it. <laughs> it's like there are 24 hours in a day, right? How many viewings can I get in in a single day? So I'll start with you, Kyle. Kyle, what are your what were your thoughts? Did you did you see it? You know, right at that, you know, right when it was you know dropped at three. I think it had to been three a.m. your time. Did you, or did you wait? Overall thoughts of it? So I I didn't stay up to watch it. I end up you know, getting a good night's rest. And then I woke up in the morning and decided to watch it then. And I'm glad I did that because it is, it's a pretty big doozy to just sit there and watch four hours of anything. 
but for the most part, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the experience. It was definitely better in ways than I was expecting. So I I'm glad that we finally got to see this vision come to fruition. Did I, did, I mean, yeah. Can you expand on that? Was there were there sequences that you enjoyed more? Were there characterizations that you enjoyed more? Uh, you know, how did where does this rank in your you know the DC cinematic universe? You know, where does that rank for you? Like, I'm curious those things. Hmm. So I would say overall, it's just a lot more totally consistent. Like, you don't have all of these random quippy one-liners thrown in that totally throw off the tone of everything else that's going on. Like, it's it's a pretty consistently, I wouldn't say dark, but, like, there's definitely a sense of foreboding throughout the entire movie as as the events are building up to the climax. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, the way the characters are reacting and the way they behave kind of reflects that. So I, I did appreciate that. Uh, as far as where I would rank it, uh, um... Well, it's not a perfect movie. I'm not going to go over that and say that. But I would say it's it's probably up in the upper echelon of the DC films right now. Like, maybe maybe top three somewhere. And then, the, the Joss, where's Justice League rank? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> I, I've always been someone that doesn't hate the Justice League. I mean, it, it has its moments. It's, it's not something that should have been released, but I don't completely hate it. So, I... I I know I'd probably put it near the bottom, but I, for me, the worst movie so far is still Suicide Squad. I, I will forever hold that opinion. Uh, Mark, thoughts? Uh, obviously, I loved it. Um, I thought this uh, this is the movie that I I felt on some level in my bones I've been waiting for uh, ever since I saw Watchmen. And uh, I told Snyder when the first time I ever got to speak with him uh, that when I saw Watchmen, I immediately felt like that's how you do the DC universe on film. That's the way you do it. You know, Marvel had started with Iron Man and the Hulk, and I love that stuff. And I, I see where that's all going. And, uh, then I saw Watchmen and I was like, yeah, this is how, this is how you do DC. It would make it different. Uh, it would ground it in a certain, uh, a different type of world and world building the tone, even visually all of it. Um, and I think it spoke to the, the, the storytelling approach that DC uses, which is always the bigger, they use the bigger method. They, well, they use the stories about the individual characters in order to tell the story about the bigger thing, the bigger mythology and the overarching theme. Marvel movies do the reverse, I think. Their stories, they're ta- they use these bigger themes to talk about the individual character's story and life and events. And it's just a, a shift in the perspective, but I think it's a significant shift that distinguishes between the films and why there's a need for a certain degree of different approach. It's why when people, you know, I love the the John Byrne Man of Steel miniseries from the 80s, but a lot of fans at the time didn't like it because they said he's marvelizing Superman. And people debated, like, what does that mean, marvelizing Superman? But I got what, I still liked it, but I understood what they meant, which was, his Superman is much less focused on using the character himself as just a, a avenue to get to and talk about these big, greater themes. He used those big, greater themes 
to define in Superman, and it became this very nuanced kind of de, de, uh, examination of the character and his place in our world, and it got down to the nitty-gritty even of he was born on Earth, actually, even though he's Kryptonian. When the Matrix thing opened up, he, for, he was formed inside it when it landed on Earth, and that makes him technically a Earth, you know, he's an American because he was born in America thing. It's all stuff really focused more on him and the nuances of the character. And so I feel like Zack Snyder looks at these characters as mythical and larger than life. And it's all gods. It's humans trying to be gods and trying to bring the gods down to the human level while lifting their own human self up to the god level and trying to achieve that parody. It's always about striving to transcend and become bigger and greater. He gets that. Uh, I think he's one of the filmmakers, the few filmmakers who truly gets it and just kind of inherently intuitively understands it and knows how to portray it. And that's what this film is. When I look at this and I read it, I get the, the sense of watching and experiencing a DC, a big epic storyline in the justice league. And he even shot the movie in a format that mimics the comic book format. So you've got the square screen, like a frames in comics presentation of it even. And then it's broken into these 35 minute chapters that are like individual comics issues, mm -hmm. but they're all collected in this one big volume kind of thing. And then it's the splash pages, the framing and like comics. So to me, it's, that's why I say it's the ultimate DC superhero movie because it looks and feels more like DC Comics, the experience of DC Comics than, honestly, any other DC movie that I've seen so far. And there's great ones that also do it, but this gets it so, so right, in my opinion, that that's, that's what puts it over the top. So I, the DC, the new, the DCEU, I rank it as the, the best film. I think it's one of the few true masterpieces in the genre. Snyder has another one with Watchmen that are the masterpieces, but I, I put it up, I think it's on the same tier of DC movies in the very elite tier of all DC movies throughout history with Superman the movie, The Dark Knight, you know, uh, uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League is one, Wonder Woman is one, I would say. Mm -hmm. uh, I was surprised at how good it was. Like, that was my first, I was like, there's scenes, there's moments. I was like, I'm thinking to myself, why was this cut out? Like that first sequence where we see Bruce getting off the helicopter, Ben Affleck's portrayal of Bruce Wayne is so on point in this film. He's so good in it. And every, and every moment that he has is so real and so honest to what that character is like he literally gets off the helicopter and he does like he does like this little like thing with the shoulders and he and he walks i'm just like i'm literally watching bruce wayne from you know the animated series or the comic books come to life and like he's able to embody it you know this the, there's just differences in the nuances i just don't understand why they decided the suits to be that are no longer there why they decided that hey let's cut these moments out these emotional beats the movie works on so many different levels it's fun it's funny 
tonal tell me it's the best tonal tone movie in the DC cinematic universe other than maybe Shazam because it deals it has emotion it has the action beats it has the seriousness there's a darkness to it but it also has some heart it has levity like everything is elevated in this film to a point that's like of this epic nature like to me it's like everyone considers you know Mar- the MCU to be you know the, its thing but to me like the the MCU is kind of like the, the the comics that you go buy you know at you know at your local comic shop before there was a global plague and to me Zack Snyder's Justice League is like a graphic novel that is able to take the time that it needs to tell the story that it wants to tell and like there's so much like this was the first time in a while where I, there was like an emotional response to me like obviously there was an emotional response you know I got glassy out at the end of Endgame you know those you know those two sequences at the end of Endgame if you haven't seen Endgame I'm not going to spoil it for you but I'm sure everyone's seen it it's the number two you know highest grossing film of all time after Avatar that just recently happened but the moment where the flash <clears throat> the flash is taught like is talking to about his, talking to his dad and the the whole movie for you know Barry Allen is he wants to make his dad proud right and so there's a that moment where he's talking to his dad like I almost like broke down in tears which I never do in movies but like I started to like well up because you know my dad's health isn't so great and I myself always want to and I'm trying not to get emotional here if you hear my voice crack but I as a person always want to make my dad proud as well and to see Barry he's saving the world at this point but at the end of it it's not just about saving the world. It's about showing his dad that, you know, he's doing good, that he wants to make his dad proud. You know, he literally says, you know, dad, I want you to know I was a part of I was a part of them and I'm the best of the best because, you know, his dad says, you know, my son, the best of the best. And then when that moment happens, the music plays and the action takes over and then it's just a a super super uh it's framed just on his face for most of that most of that moment and i'm just like wow they nailed it they got it and i just can't believe the action the the stuff with superman a lot of people have been talking about you know ray fisher which that's something we'll talk about uh his you know his portrayal you know stuff the his stuff that got cut out a lot of people have been talking about the Speed Force sequence. A lot of people have been talking about, you know, the the taglines at the end of Justice League. But a lot of that stuff with with Superman was real important too. Finally, seeing him being fully realized in Zack Snyder's world, like it, it, it makes Man of Steel and BVS. It makes those films make a lot more sense to why he had to go on this journey where he had to be essentially rebirth. So, like, I just couldn't believe how good it was. The action, some of the best action I've seen, some of the, you know, 
the, the some of the most emotional sequences that I've seen in, in a movie. You know, just you know, another one where you know Ray Fisher's in the car talking to his mom right before the accident happens, and he's talking about you know his dad being away. How many how many people do we know that you know their you know dad was always away because of work or whatever? So I just can't believe that we got the movie. I can't believe that it's such a big hit. I can't believe that so many people loved it. I can't believe that. Leslie Jones t- live tweeted it and that became a thing. That was awesome. <laughs> that was amazing. I love like, Leslie like, like We're big fans so much. Jones. There's so much love and reverence for Zack Snyder's Justice League. It just makes me scratch my head. It's like, why didn't they see this back in 2017? So, well, you know why? <laughs> well, it's that. Uh, Besides all the – not to rehash everything else, but I think one of the biggest problems they had is that they had a CEO who was not – who who I think – I think uh, Kevin Sushihara presented with a an assembly cut of a movie. I don't know that he had – that he was really able to visualize and look at an assembly cut and really understand – where it was going and what it was going to do. And maybe I'm minimizing, maybe he, maybe he could, but when I hear the reactions to the assembly cut and remember the assembly cut was the, was a three hour, the assembly cut was a three hour and 30 minute roughly version of the movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. This is four hours. So it was 30 minutes shorter than this. It didn't have like, you know, the end, portion that the end stuff and the stuff with martian manhunter that stuff wasn't in it the the nightmare sequence was the joker that wasn't in it the martian manhunter stuff wasn't in it um so uh or i guess what i'm trying to say is there was a three and a half hour version out there and it's hard to imagine the movie that we saw Minus those additional that extra thirty minutes that anybody looked at that and said it's confusing and it doesn't make sense and it's incomprehensible and it's unreleasable. Well, clearly, for example, three quarters of film critics who've seen it don't agree with that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which includes a lot of people who hated BVS mm-hmm. and disliked the original theatrical justice, not the original, the theatrical Justice League uh, from Joss Whedon. So I think it helps explain, well, where did all that animosity toward this Justice League? I mean, we're looking at this. Look how freaking good it is, because Mm -hmm. I thought it was I knew I was very inclined to probably enjoy it. I knew that the sensibilities, I know the filmmaker sensibilities are similar to my own. I liked what he did previously. I like what we saw of it. And theatrical cut, however much anyone hates it, remember at least a third or more of that was Jack, was from Zack Snyder. Even though it was edited down, he still made a significant part of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and the stuff in between was filler. So uh, I think it makes sense only if someone looking at that and looking at the assembly cut just wasn't able to look past the missing CGI and any storyboards that were used in place in the initial screening of the assembly cut. Now, there were later screenings of it, just in case that's not been made clear. And I think Snyder has tried to explain this before, that he made multiple cuts of it previously. They didn't just see one assembly cut. They saw, and the movie was slowly being worked on and stuff was being filled in. So 
But uh, I think really what it came down to was a lack of vision. Mm -hmm. The people whose job it was to look at that and decide and understand what he was going for and what he was putting out, they looked at it and they didn't – they couldn't perceive his vision in it and the potential and what it was going to be Mm -hmm. because they lacked the vision themselves. So that's that's at the end of the day, I think all of this comes down to a problem of there was a regime in place that, and I don't mean to overuse the term regime, like I'm not going to compare it to North Korea or any of that. I've seen people do that, and I think it's a little more than grossly hyperbolic to compare it to dictatorships and stuff. But uh, I just say regime for lack of a better term. But I think that just the general center of power itself was didn't have – the right vision for this and specifically lacked a true vision for it beyond just trying to meet deadlines in order to get bonuses mm-hmm. and thinking in simplistic terms about, you know, cross platform and merchandising and stuff and didn't really have, they didn't have their own vision uh, and they weren't capable of seeing someone else's or appreciating it. Unfortunately, I know that, I know that there was a lot of talk Leading up to it, leading up to, I wouldn't say leading up to it, as in, like, I remember, I remember having conversations with you, like, a summer or two ago, before the, it was finally decided, and you said, Justin, they're gonna release it, they're, it's gonna happen, I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this now, but. Yeah, yeah, it's fine, um, I said it publicly, I said, uh, of course they're gonna, they're not gonna, they have a free movie, they're not gonna not release it, mm -hmm. it's just, we'd rather it be sooner and that they do it in a way where we get to really see a, the best quality version of it. And I remember there was like there was a conversation me and you had where they they thought that this dark Superman take was not the right fit for the future of these DC films. But that dark Superman stuff, he wasn't even like that, you know, dark. You know what I'm saying? Like when when we had heard that Superman was going to be quote unquote dark and evil in this movie, I'm thinking to myself, maybe he's killing like puppies, or maybe he punched a baby. Like that's what I was thinking. But like when we see yeah. this film, he only punches like one baby in the entire thing. And it's like, <laughs> come on, who hasn't? Right? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Like, uh, what? just somebody's gonna hear that who hasn't seen it and be like, he punches a baby, you God, a super jerk. <laughs> but remember, like, everyone had talked, like, there was like, that's one of the reasons they wanted to, they wanted a quote unquote new direction because they didn't, they didn't want the Superman to be evil. But I'm just like, it works, it makes sense, and his redemption at the end of the film works. So I don't know, I, I get why people, a lot of people don't want to see their heroes. Uh, brought down to earth. They don't want to see their heroes portrayed in those kind of ways. And I think if you have, you know, everybody's, I don't think there's a wrong uh, preference for this kind of thing. I think some people prefer, I mean, I, I'm glad I have a wide preference. I can watch the CW show, Superman and Lois. I think that show's great. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've, I can watch it and I think it's great and it works tonally and he gets the, the you, I've always thought you have to really understand and get Clark Kent in order to really do a good Superman story. So I like that stuff. I like the Christopher Reeve Superman. I like all this new stuff, 
it's not an insult to that to say the Superman I grew up with and that will always in my, you know, I'm older. So in my heart, Christopher Reeve was the ultimate Superman. I was a nine year old kid. You know, it was, I believed a man could fly. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So yeah, but I also love what Snyder's doing with it. And that's the Superman that I also, I also like that. And we've had plenty. When was there ever an, an other dark Superman movie or TV show of all, all we had, how many movies? Six total Superman movies, feature films, before Man of Steel. And then with Man of Steel, which he was not dark Superman, but even if you take that out, we had at least half a dozen Superman films over a course of, uh, what, 50, 60 some, you know, 50 some years. Uh, six Superman feature films. All those TV shows that we had of Superman, all the animated series, all the animated movies. Superman was almost never portrayed dark. So even if this is a, you know, a dark version of Superman, the folks who are saying that they don't like this and that it's the wrong way to do it, you don't understand Superman, they shouldn't make those movies, aren't they also people who kept saying that anybody who likes these movies needs to be more open to other types of Superman, right? Like mm-hmm. you, should, there's, you should like, you know, the CW, what I just said about, you know, you should be able to appreciate the Christopher Reeve, Superman and CW. That's all true. And that's what people who don't like Snyder say. Everybody else should be willing to like that stuff. And I agree, but they think that open-mindedly about it, but they bizarrely also say, but you shouldn't do that type of Superman. Mm-hmm. The Zack Snyder type of Superman. And to me, I'm like, no, if your argument, which I agree with, is that there's all these valid interpretations, then it's worth noting that the Snyder interpretation of Superman is the only time we've ever freaking got this. Mm-hmm. So if all types are okay, then maybe it's time to just accept that this is a valid interpretation based on and faithfully representing interpretations of him in the comic source material, because it is. Uh, Kyle, top two, three favorite moments or scenes from Zack Snyder's Super, uh, Superman, Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. <laughs> um, my number uh, one, it's the Mark Two. So my number one, without a doubt, was the uh, the Flash sequence near the end where he uh, he has that moment, like you said, with his uh, talking about his dad and how he was amongst the best. And the uh, the other stuff, I don't know if we're going into the spoilers right now, but like, the other stuff he does during that scene is pretty great. Um, other scenes I really enjoyed, I I actually, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say what's going to say. I think you know what I was referring to. Um, but I, I actually really enjoyed the new scenes with Steppenwolf and the the additional motivation that they that he got in this version of the movie. Can I ask you guys something before I jump to Mark? I So in the movie, he was banished from Apocalypse because he betrayed Darkseid. Did, did, did I miss something? Did, I've seen it four times. So I'm like, what? how did he betray Darkseid? Did he steal his woman? Did he do something? What was it the thing that he betrayed? What am I missing here? Wait, who, what did who betray? I'm sorry. I'm, so, I'm, in, so in – in Zack Snyder's Justice League, 
Steppenwolf is talking to Desaad, and Desaad says, you trade Darkseid, right? That's what he says. Did they ever say how Steppenwolf, quote-unquote, betrayed him? They, no, didn't, they, they said they he was just terrified. betrayed? Because yeah. I'm like, maybe he stole Darkseid's lady. Maybe he punched a puppy in front of Darkseid. You know, maybe he punched another baby. I don't know. Darkseid is all about, like, don't hurt babies. Don't punch. Darkseid, I'm not Jerkseid. <laughs> We leave the baby um, punching the Superman. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who are you, Superman? <laughs> Quit punching the babies. Um. So, Kyle, Flash sequence, Steppenwolf. Was there any Superman, Batman things that you really enjoyed? Since this is a, this is a Batman podcast. <laughs> Man, it actually feels weird to say this, but like, I just, I, I liked. I like the additional scenes with uh, Ben Affleck's Batman we got, but I I don't know if I'd say he was like the standout of the movie for me. I was just like, yeah, this is more stuff that I, I enjoy. But yeah, for me, like the real real standout characters were Flash, uh, Cyborg's additional scenes, like the fact that he actually has a character arc in this movie <laughs> compared to uh, the theatrical version is is a nice change of pace. Uh Mark. Top two, three scenes in the film. Uh, the Moments. Amazon, the, the 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 sequence with the Amazons in the mother box, the the much bigger sequence of that. I love that. Uh, I think it's one of the highlights of the movie, and it comes really early on, which is terrific. Uh, that the ending with the Flash and the idea of that that shocking moment of Dark Side wins and then he kills them all except and then the flash is running reversing the time that that sequence was pretty remarkable to me i really liked it um and then everything with ray fisher because i haven't addressed that yet but the ray fisher cyborg arc picking something out of that would be pretty tough but uh i love for example when he's giving the tutorial and he's walking around and we see him like in in world war ii and stuff like that that I thought that was really, really conceptually, uh, uh, it worked really well, and I like that a lot. Um, as far as Batman moments, I would say it's interesting that, and I agree with Kyle that Batman didn't stand out in this precisely because he and that he wasn't meant to. <clears throat> the recut, the 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 really significant difference between, to me, the the big difference between the theatrical cut that Whedon did and Zack Snyder's Justice League is it was edited in a way to make Batman the main character, to present the story from his perspective, and to eliminate the entire character arcs for and backstory for uh, Cyborg primarily and then for uh, The Flash as well. And, even, and Wonder Woman too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think that as far as the story goes, it went from Cyborg being the main character to Batman being the main character in the theatrical cut. And that is such a significant shift in what it does to the meaning of the movie and the idea that this movie is all about Batman redeeming himself by forming the Justice League rather than the League coming together and being able to assemble around the power and the heart of uh, and ultimately – cyborg coming to have faith and belief in himself and in his own humanity again and that speaking to the larger thing and that reflecting superman's arc 
was all so big that when you take when you pull it out, it's like Jenga, and you know, narratively, I like Kyle. I still I. I don't by any stretch defend the creation of that. And I won't watch it on principle the same way I won't watch a Woody Allen movie mm-hmm. and I won't review him. And I, I made it clear, like, you know, you don't need to, to send me requests for interview or opportunities for interviewer to review his movies. Cause I won't ever. <laughs> uh, and the same with Polanski. Uh, and I can't, I won't, I'm not saying that what Whedon did, uh, I don't know what he did and I'm not going to say it is or isn't, con- you know, it's not, as far as I know, he didn't rape children, which those other two men did. So I'm not comparing it to that, but Knowing what happened and how abusive it was on set, just what I do know is enough to make me say, I don't want to watch that cut again. Mm-hmm. But I recognize my reaction to it at the time was, and I can understand like what Kyle said, that it's, you know, a third of that movie or more was Zack Snyder's, even though it was cut and edited up. It still was Zack Snyder. Zack Snyder did a third of that movie or more. Uh, and up to half of that movie, I guess, maybe. Uh, and then, depending on how much you do or don't consider the edits alterations. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a it's a super friends. I mean, if you watch that movie, if you didn't know anything about it and just watched it, it feels like uh, it feels like a two or th- a two or three issue limited run in a comic book. It's mm-hmm. what it feels like. You know, it feels like a con- not a great one or anything, but mm-hmm. it feels like, oh, it was mostly just about setting up action set pieces and for Batman to bring the Justice League together. That's all it really was for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why I think Batman doesn't feel qu- like the stuff that was missing from Batman is oddly enough, the extra scenes with him are more to pull him back mm-hmm. from the centerpiece of the film and to make him those moments make him less the centerpiece of the movie in a way. And I like, uh, I do like all of Snyder's stuff when they go and they first fight, uh, Steppenwolf when they first show up and they're in the big building and everything. And then he's, they're under the Harbor and he floods it and everything. Batman, the way that that was changed when Whedon did it compared to Snyder's version of that whole sequence, Snyder's version of that sequence is so much better, but then Mm -hmm. Batman in particular Batman is so much better in that entire fight sequence compared to, you know, uh, everything is better in this movie, obviously. But <laughs> Batman in particular, uh, you're, since this is a Batman podcast, that's the part uh, related to Batman that I would say I really like the most out of this. Um, what's you bring up an interesting point? There's not one thing in the Weed or in Justice League in the Whedon cut that is better or I'm missing in Zack Snyder's Justice League, except for one thing. And I don't know if it was filmed by Zack or if it was filmed by Joss, but there's one sequence when he's in, uh, when he's trying to recruit Aquaman where Bruce goes, that's not the same. That's even, that's the opposite of the same. I missed that, but I don't know if that was a Joss Whedon thing or if that was something that just Zack wanted to cut. Other than that, like, there's not one sequence. There's not an action set piece. There's not an acting moment. There's not a story moment. There's not a score. There's not an edit of that that 2017 version that supersedes what we got last Thursday. There's not one thing about that movie that is as good or better than what we got last week. And I'll say some of my favorite moments – 
in you know other than the flash moment is their interaction between um obviously i love the 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 cyborg stuff i love you know i love the flash stuff but the 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 relationship that ben affleck and jeremy irons have in this film the the interaction between these two like the a bunch of lines that are said like the uh you know, there's a moment, and I talked to Mark about this yesterday. There's a moment that almost mirrors uh, BVS, which is in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Where remember in BVS, he goes, you know, if there's if we even have a one percent, you know, he gives that big line, and he's talking directly to Alfred. You know, Alfred's like, he is not your enemy, and Bruce is, you know, he burned down. If we have one percent, you know, we have to take that as an absolute certainty. In Zack Snyder's Justice League. Alfred is saying if you if you can't bring down the charging bull, don't wave the red cape. And he gives like an almost exact, not as intense, but a much more heartfelt reason to fight Steppenwolf and bring Superman into this. Like almost the same exact thing, but like in a different movie. Do you guys see what I'm saying there? Does that make sense? And then like the I really love this line where they finally get off. (laughs) the elevator and Flash is like, yes, yes. Like, I love that. Cause that's something I would say. And then he goes, um, hi everyone. This is Alfred. I work for him. <laughs> I love that. And then, uh, when Alfred and Bruce are about to depart, Bruce is about to get on the, that giant ship. And he goes, faith, Alfred faith. It's like this dude, finally, he has a reason to fight with the Justice League. He has a reason. You know, he's he's back to being like the classic, quote-unquote, Batman that we've all been waiting for in, you know, Zack Snyder's world, if that makes sense. So, um, any, anything else? I know Mark has to get going here shortly, so I want, I be, want to be very respectful of his time. I appreciate that. Um, so, it's, I've, I will say, if I had to pick a... If the, there, if there was a scene in the theatrical cut that I, I wouldn't say I missed it, but that I think, oh, that if he if if Snyder had decided to include it uh, or reshoot it or whatever, the the race at the end, the post credit race mm-hmm. between yeah. Superman and Flash, uh, you know, I, that's what they that's something else. OK. I'm just going to this is not we're not here to bash the theatrical cut, but I'm just going to mm-hmm. say I know a lot of folks don't like the black Superman costume and they complained about it. But mm-hmm. I'd rather see the black costume than see that the weirdly with the bright blue armor underneath where, you know, the way that his suit. Why why would Superman wear armor? <laughs> <laughs> He's bullet pro, my God, he's indestructible. Why, why, does he, super, why does Superman need guards? <laughs> the idea that it was, uh, you know, the the suit. So I don't like that look of the mold, the of the real pale blue squared armor pieces being showing through the suit and the way that that was done. I really didn't like that, and that's one of the reasons I don't think that the color palette and that turning up the uh, the <clears throat> the saturation on the color. Like Whedon did, he really kind of it was uh, it was turned up obviously, and then brightened in the coloring of the suit. I just I didn't care for this that in the Superman suit at all, and that really 
and the final fight sequence and then in the post credit thing uh the honestly i'll tell you as as bad as the mustache thing was and as cheesy as that looked and that was pretty bad but that almost bugs me less than the coloring of the suit did the coloring of the suit is so apparent all at all times Mm-hmm. that it really got to me so is that, mark is that color saturation worse or better than at the end of batman forever where is the <laughs> you <laughs> bastard never forget i always were worse than justin vanishing into his background while we're on this nobody can the <laughs> for listeners who can't you can't see this but we're on our Skype call, and we have those things, and every time you lean back, Justin, suddenly your head disappears and turns invisible, or your whole body vanishes. <laughs> I got Hogwarts on in the background, so I tried to find the Speed Force. I just wanted to work in the, because the, I know it bothers him so much, and we were we were sending, like, text messages last week about, you know, that Superman face that he's smiling, and we were, I was like, yeah, at least it's not as bad as Bobblehead Joe in Batman Forever. And he's like, you got me, you bastard. <laughs> I always find a way to work it in. I'm a fan of, uh, uh, this is, people are going to be horrified, but I am, this is how versatile my fandom is, is that I love the Zack Snyder films. Uh, and also I am, I, I love, I won't even, I, I do. I love the uh, Red Book edition of Batman Forever. If you haven't seen it, Seek it out. It is. I'm not going to say where, but it is a. It is online. You can find it if you look for it, and you know, and, and you are willing to to spend time looking for it. It is available, mm-hmm. and people uh, who haven't seen it, it will absolutely. I guarantee you, it will at least, even if you don't, you don't come out of it saying you like that movie now. If you if you used to hate it, you'll definitely walk away saying this is definitely a superior. This is the superior version of that film by a wide margin. It's funny. Um, Here we are years later, and we're still fighting to get alternate cuts of DC movies. Yes. <laughs> Restore the Schumacher verse. None of this is – and that's the crazy thing, right, is that people act like this is some new th- – fans have been doing this forever. I mean that's why the, the Donner Cut got released. Mm-hmm. Why did we get the Donner Cut? Because fans wouldn't shut up about it for years, and it was even before the internet that that started. You know, Really, the desire to see that and, and everything. So it's funny to me uh, that none of this is new. Fandom's been doing it. It's just we have more tools at our disposal now. And that unfortunately means that the 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 worst behaved people also have tools at their disposal. I know you got to get going. Do you want to make a comment though on the sequ- on the on the the nightmare sequence where Batman tells Joker that he was gonna fucking kill him? Does anyone want to comment on that? Does anyone want to say anything? I know Mark. Mark, I want to be super respectful of your time. No, I always appreciate good. you coming. I got Stop. yeah. I got to, I got five more minutes. I can uh, yeah. I'm happy to. Y'all go ahead if you have want to say something about it. Yeah. I'd like to hear <laughs> Kyle's thoughts on that first. Just like the the because there's there like I'm surprised no one's been talking about the Martha Manhunter scene because that's super interesting. No, I'm going to talk about both of those things. All right, you ready for this? Yes. I feel like. Both of the nightmare sequences and the addition of Marsh Manhunter was completely unnecessary. Really? Like, huh. They're cool conceptually, 
but they they serve either no purpose for this movie at all, or they're just there to blue balls. <laughs> that's that's all these sequences are there for. <laughs> like the, the Martian Manhunter and Martha thing. That was a, the, like the scene between Martha and Lois was great, but then like immediately afterwards, it's like, oh, it was Martian Manhunter. It's like. It okay, was Martha Manhunter. Martha Manhunter. Let's just steal didn't, didn't you, that. Didn't you let's buy just make those that scene like, worse in comics. retrospect. <laughs> and then at those the end, you have Martian Manhunter showing up like a Jehovah's Witness to a Batman's house. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Do you have Do you have a moment to hear from our Lord and Savior Zack Snyder?" Like, I love Martian Manhunter, but I'm like, man, he is shoehorned in this movie so hard. It's not even funny. <laughs> I, I don't feel any shame in saying that. Our Lord and I have to say this. <laughs> I, per, I, I like the scenes, and I was glad to see him, oh. especially the end one. I oh absolutely will say, though, I understand... I, I completely can respect that viewpoint because I do understand where watching the Martha scene with Lois, uh, I'm cool with, and I get what he was going for with it turning out to be the Martian Manhunter because that's what Martian Manhunter does. He impersonates yeah. people you care about or people, you know, he that's what he does. He mm-hmm. looks – so I get that. Uh, but I, uh, I, I understand why – you would might feel like, you know what? I wouldn't have had that be Martian. You can still even have Martian Manhunter show up later. Yeah. And then that, you know, if you want to, you can still do that. But I think the I think thing it would have been was, awesome if he had shown up as the general to, I, I don't know where you would fit him in, but have the general Wayne show up Manor? somewhere. You could have showed up at yeah. Wayne Manor. That yeah, would have been an interesting way to do it, to have the general show up at at Wayne's house and ask to, to talk to him and then shapeshift in front of mm-hmm. him and freak yeah. him out. That would He's like, there's more of this like than it. you know, and I'm going to eat your face. <laughs> no, I'm not. Really <laughs> Just to freak him out for a second, though, wouldn't you? If it was Batman and you were an alien reveal, wouldn't you just for a second first try to freak him out and be like, I'm here to eat you. <laughs> I'm kidding, <laughs> Batman. You were prepared for that. I had to see if you were prepared no, I respect that opinion. I respect that, Kyle. I get what you're saying that, you know, if it's not something if you're and if you're not if you don't think you're definitely setting it up, then why insert yeah, that, that, that's a the thing. Like like, that? I can I, I, I understand like the concept. I get it, but I get why as a fan you feel that way. I love the concept, but I'm like, unless we're very certain we're gonna get like a, a sequel, it's just gonna be a loose end that may never get resolved. Right. I understand that. Um Mark, your thought, like Kyle, did you want to comment though on the interactions between Batfleck and Jared Leto's Joker? Yeah, I can touch on that real quick. So, I found this new portrayal of Joker a lot better than when he tried in the Suicide Squad. I, I will say I'm still not a big fan of his version of Joker, but it's definitely a lot more tolerable in, in, this time around. Uh, and the, the interactions they had were, were I guess I'll say they're kind of cute like there, there's definitely a lot of edge to it especially with Batman being like I'm going to kill you and I'm like I get it's the post apocalypse and you know Batman's a little jaded right now but it still doesn't feel like something Batman would say but well, Batman could say it because he could kill him and then have the Flash go back in time and he could kill him again and go back in time <laughs> because remember Jesus. what he says 
he says like how many worlds do you have how many timelines or whatever like batman can fucking kill the joker many times but as long as he sets it right that one time he doesn't kill him there we go so but uh but mark <laughs> what your thoughts on you know the the end credit sequences well, I liked, uh, I mean, the, you know, the Martian Manhunter thing, as I said, I under, I get that, uh, Kyle's point completely on that, even though I, you know, I'm fine with, I, I reading the comics and stuff, they set stuff up and then if it doesn't come through, I, 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 if we're only going to get this one movie anyway, then, you know, fuck it. If he, if Zack Snyder can throw in the Martian Manhunter, then I'm going to, I want to see Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to the, the nightmare, uh, future sequence. I liked it. I like all that nightmare stuff. Uh, I want to see, and I think it's, I think Warner brothers and HBO max would be insane not to take advantage and just do the alt, the else world and just treat it as this is a sequel to that. Audiences aren't stupid. They're going to understand, make it, put it on there. If Zack Snyder wants to do it, he might not want to. He might say, look, if I was going to do a 200 million budgeted two part movie, I would, but I don't want to do a six part series of it for hbo mm-hmm. max then again he might if he had the opportunity and they said look we're going to give you a lot of money it's you know we're, we'll do it maybe he would do that you know uh so i'd like to see it but uh i appreciate it i think at the that point i don't think batman's rule about killing counts anymore uh mm-hmm. it's it's an it's an apocalypse and humanity have been turned into demons so I don't think he really gives a shit about mm-hmm. the killing per se. I mean, we see him use machine guns and pistols in that same alternate future uh, in Batman versus Superman. So I'm fine with that. That uh, and even when him saying, "Okay," the thing is, the Joker's scared for a minute, and Batman stares at him, and then when the Joker laughs and says, "You almost had me," Batman turns and gives a little. There's just a slight smirk on his face. Like, yeah, he said it to fuck with the Joker back, to scare the Joker and make the mm-hmm. Joker see what it was like. He, I don't even think that he necessarily actually meant it or was telling the truth about promising to kill the Joker to Harley. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but I think he said it to get his goat, and it mm-hmm. worked. And then the Joker laughed and called him on it, and they moved on. Mm-hmm. So I'm fine with that. Uh, I, thought it lo- I, I thought it looked really good. Um, so... You know, that's – I'm a fan of this stuff. I like it. I want it to get weird and crazy. I want to see Dark Side, what the Earth looks like with Dark Side conquering it. I want to see all of that. I want to see how they resolve it. I want to see Superman come out on the other side, and then in the third film, he's the big hero who saves everything. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see all that. I think fans would. I think audiences who subscribe to HBO Max would, and I think anyone who hasn't already signed up to for HBO Max at the point that Justice League came out – would sign up Mm -hmm. (laughs) just for a couple of months, you know, drop it an an episode a week. You've got a month and a half of people subscribing. That's two months of subscriptions. You might get an extra million subscribers. That could be 30 million bucks right there. Mm -hmm. It's for people who resubscribe alone, you know, Um, you know, it'll sell when they put it on Blu-ray. You release that on 4k Blu-ray. You're going to make, Tens of millions more dollars. So, yeah, I think they should do it. I think it'd be crazy not to. And you get – you end the war with fandom, <laughs> you know? If they announced that, that they were going to – if they said we're, we're talking with Zack Snyder and we're going to do it. If they hadn't said it this weekend, that if they hadn't – you know, that hadn't all happened in that, with that article, they could absolutely – 
reach out and if Zack Snyder did it, I mean, it would go over gangbusters. The, mm-hmm. All of the, the everybody right now, all these Snyder Cup people would, you know, would be signing up. A lot of other people would. So, yeah, they, I, I don't see why they shouldn't do it. I don't see why they wouldn't do it. It makes sense to me. You know, I, it doesn't have to change everything else they do. Just make give Snyder six ep, six one hour episodes to do his thing and to finish it out. Mm-hmm. I think that that sequence, I think the Martha Manhunter sequence was weird. I liked it, but I was just like, you didn't need that, Lois. I get why Martha would go there to bring Lois back into the world. I mean, Lois is pregnant in that movie, right? Like, that's what was intimated. I think that's what Zach even said is that she was pregnant, um, which was interesting, an interesting take. Um, I like the sequence at the end. I like the sequence where, you know, a lot of people like that's not something Batman would say. I say, well, Batman can say a lot of shit. He can say he'll fucking kill some, but it's the act of doing it right. If he goes and does it, then that kind of goes against his rule. But then again, we're in an apocalypse. I love the delivery, and I will fucking kill. Like, I just love that. Like, I think that's such a, like, uh, I don't know. Like, there's something about it, that intensity level. Like, that's not something Batman would do or say, but it is in a, I don't know, maybe, maybe I've just, you know, I've lost my marbles completely because we're in a global pandemic. And I just want to see this. Um, but a lot we've we've kind of missed. I haven't seen a lot of people talk about this one sequence. And like there's another moment in this film where I kind of got glassy eyed is when Martian Manhunter says, you know, your, your your parents will be proud of you. And like you see Bruce's reaction it's kind of like he's kind of like almost at peace with that, but not really if that makes sense. So, but yes, Kyle, like it did make sense. You did kind of feel like you're being blue balled because like why bring Ben Affleck back if this wasn't going to continue on like an HBO Max thing? I understand that. I hope it does. I would love to see more Batfleck. I don't think we will. We'll see. Like, you know, I never thought we'd see Zack Snyder's Justice League. You know, I think we, we it would have been something like 15, 20 years from now. You know, like we get to see that. But to see that, see it now and everything and everyone universally, you know, I mean, Leslie Jones live tweeted it. That was just a still yeah. <laughs> wonderful, hilarious. Yeah. So um, with that, I know that Mark and Kyle have things to do. I have things to do. It's the middle of school week. So. Um, thank you for everyone coming on tonight, Mark. Thank you. We always appreciate you coming on, uh, Kyle, for setting this all up for us. Um, where can we find Mark on the interwebs since we just had you on? <laughs> you can, uh, you can read me at, uh, Forbes. Uh, I still, you know, I, I occasionally write articles there some months and, uh, you can find me on Twitter, if you dare, <laughs> at Mark Hughes Films, um, and thanks, thanks, and congratulations to to Zack Snyder and Deborah Snyder and and HBO Max, but also, you know, obviously, uh, congratulations and thanks to all the fans who made that happen as well. It was a united front, to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it went through a lot, but they, uh, the fandom, saved lives. Mm-hmm. You know, the most important thing they did was not getting this movie made. It was the movement uh, reaching out the way it did on suicide prevention, and that made that made a difference. People, there are people alive who would be dead today if it wasn't for that. And the fandom should never forget that. No matter what else happens, 
uh, that's something that, that they should wear proudly, you mm-hmm. know, remember proudly and be happy about. And uh, that's the kind of thing and that kind of positivity and that kind of action, real world, you know, consequences and real world differences that that stand out. And, and I think I'm proud of that. And I think everybody should be very proud of that. And uh, that's the kind of positivity and the kind of thing that that's that's transcendent. You know, it really is. And I think it's the kind of thing that if, if more movements and more fan movements would incorporate that kind of thing into what they do, I think they'd get a lot more visibility. They'd get a lot more public sympathy uh, for their cause in a broader sense. And and when you do that kind of thing, it's like, you know, if the Snyder Cut never got released, thank God it did. But if it never had, it would still have all been worth it for that, Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I would like to think that we would all say yes, that it was always it was still worth it, you know, and and it was great that that film got to be made. But I think it was also great that, that fandom stood up the way that it did. And that's something that'll live forever. And that honors, you know, Autumn Snyder's memory. And I think that's I think it, it really touched the heart of the Snyders and of a lot of people worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, Kyle, where can we? Like, I always feel weird coming off of like something like that. Like, Kyle, where can we find you for that very point? I'm sorry, that was a yeah, little bit of, good. You know, I, I just I got. Think, I just feel emotional. I think Mark sorry. makes a very, very good point. How we look at the internet, especially Twitter, and it's always such a negative cesspool. It's a cesspool, which just increases the importance of shining a light on those that are trying to actually do good things. Mm-hmm. Put those people on the pedestal. Don't. Don't give all the negativity the light of day. Um, if, if, as long as everyone is fighting for an actual cause, more power to those people. Uh, but if you are interested in seeing my random thoughts on the internet, I am on Twitter at Looting Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I too am very happy that, that so much light has been shared on this, on this cause. You know, I post on Facebook and Twitter, you know, occasionally you know, that, you know, 1-800 number. And now I don't have to do that. I can screenshot that sequence in Zack Snyder's Justice League where Bruce is driving away and there's that billboard. I can post that photograph from now on on how important that is. So the fandom raising five hundred or $600,000 <laughs> for this important cause, especially now more than ever, as we see how the pandemic, that quote-unquote pandemic fatigue, is really taking its toll on people. Um, you know, I, I see it in my students all the time. I, I literally had a student today tell me that she was struggling. And so I told her, you know, like, if, you know, if you ever need to talk, email me. Like, I get it. I see it every day with students. I see it every day with teachers, so that is what's at the end of the day, there's some content that we can sit back and enjoy together. But at the end of the day, that's just a film. This is about people's lives being saved. And so thank you for those people who did that, for those people who took up, you know, the torch for Zach in raising that money. That's very important. And we all appreciate that. And it did shine a light. On that cesspool that is Twitter, there are good things. That was originally what the internet was intention. Like it was that was originally what the internet was conceived to do was to get information out there to people fast to learn about people. It was never about supposed to be 
rage quitting on everyone online. So thank you to those fans. If you want to hear my thoughts on certain things, especially Batman related, you can find me on Batman, find me on Twitter at Batman Chalen. And if you want to see me posting pictures of Batman, you can follow us on Chalen on Bat. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it.